Dating Skills Review, the central source for dating advice for men, brings you the Dating Skills Podcast. Hey, this is Angel Donovan, your host for Dating Skills Podcast. This week, I'm interviewing Brad P., a pickup artist who is very well known in the seduction community and on the pickup artists conference circuit. Brad P. has been training men since 2005 and doesn't make any excuses about what he's teaching. It's about practical advice that gets you laid. That sounds brutal, but as you'll see in the interview, there's a lot more behind Brad P.'s ideas than simply getting laid. To stay up to date with the latest podcasts, reviews, news, and other free downloads from Dating Skills Review, go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash review and hit like. If you are more of a Google Plus guy, here's a cool new trick. Google Dating Skills Review, and you'll see a big Google Plus Dating Skills Review box appear to the right of the search results. Hit the box's follow button, and you're done. Now, let's get started with this week's interview. Hey, Brad, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? All right. All right. So the first thing we wanted to talk with you today about is to go into image and fashion, because I know that's something that you started out out with uh, way back when you got got into all of this. By the way, what, what year did you kind of like appear on the scene? Uh, well, I started learning my game uh, in the early 2000s, and I actually went professional in 2005. So I'm going into my ninth year now. All right, all right, yeah, uh, good stuff. I, Nearly a decade. Yeah, been out a long time. Yeah. So, I think some of your dress sense uh, was uh, a little uh, more on the extreme side, if I remember well, when you first came out. Uh, well, one of the things that we say at Dating Skills Review is that image and fashion is a good place to start because it's kind of like an easy win. It's an easy thing to work on. Doesn't require a lot of effort. And yes. Yeah. It's easy. I say that too. All right, great. Where, when do you suggest someone should work on like their image and fashion? Are there different cases of where some people should focus on it uh, to start with, and, and other people should, you know, it's it's not such a big deal. Like, if if you had a typical student, when would you ask ask them to have a, put a bit of effort into uh, sorting that out? Usually, what I tell people to do is probably around the second or third month of when they're learning the game and, the, and they're actually going into the field is a good time to update their fashion. Uh-huh. Uh, the reason why I say that is because it's good to get a few test approaches done in the beginning just to see how women respond to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that gives you a baseline to compare to when you start changing your fashion. You can say, well, am I doing better? Am I doing worse? Um, because fashion is a process of experimentation. And if you don't have a baseline to start from, you won't be able to move in the right direction. Uh, the The exception to that would be if you clearly know that your fashion is bad. Um, if you're already sure about that, then by all means, fix it right away. Uh, because it doesn't take that long to fix it uh, if you have a good idea right from the beginning. Fashion's really about concepts and ideas and if you have the right idea on your first try, you can be fixed very quickly. Uh, most people go through a number of ideas before they find the right one. Uh, but some people get it on the first try. Great, great. So you, know, you mentioned some people might have to work on it uh, earlier if, if it's bad. Are there any signals they can look out for? Like, you know, I'm, I'm a guy, I'm really not sure about my fashion or image sense. Is there, is there any way I can know that, you know, it's probably something I should start with earlier rather than later? 
Well, if you've been dressing the same way since uh, you were 13 or 14 years old, that's a that's a bad sign. Um, I mean, I'm not even making a joke. That's that's the way some people are. Sure. Uh, if you if people are telling you it needs work, then it probably does. Or if you're getting blown out immediately every time you approach, mm-hmm. and you don't think that it's anything with your voice or your body language or anything like that. It could be your fashion. Bad fashion can get you blown out quite a lot, right. I would say. Right. Literally, like, if you, if you get blown out when you're approaching a girl before you actually start talking. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not talking about blown out after two minutes. I'm talking about blown out in 10 seconds or less. Great, great. And so, you know, the kind of things they're looking for reactions from girls is just like they look away, you know. They, they, yeah, they look away. They say no, no thanks. I, I, I have a boyfriend. We're lesbians. All of those kinds. <laughs> right. The major no. major put downs there. Right. Um, exactly. And the those kind of put downs are usually, I mean, the two most common things would be your fashion's bad, or they just can't hear you. Some people talk really low, or they mumble, and if they can't hear you, they're just going to automatically do that. Right. Right. Asking us, you're asking them to put in too much energy to you know, kind of effort to try and listen to figure out what you're talking about. Yep. And they don't do it. Great. So where, where would you say they should start? You know, like, um, I've decided that, you know, I'm too, say I say I'm like two months into it and it's uh, time for me to start working on this. Uh, where would you say they should start? What, what's the first step? I say the process for this is about start by opening your mind and then start to do some modeling model yourself after stuff that looks good and that people already know. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of people who ask me about fashion, they, they want to really jump ahead and say, what store should I go to? What should I wear? And I don't think you need to start with that because I can, I can put you in an outfit in one day and you'll look great, but you want to be the kind of person who's going to be able to update their own style and you want to be able to keep up and maybe even do your own innovative things in the future. You want to be able to grow in your look, grow in your fashion, and that comes from opening your mind and modeling stuff that looks good. So let me go through those a little more in depth for you. Sure. When I say open your mind, um, here's what I'm talking about. As men, there's a tendency to think, hey, if you're interested in fashion, that makes you gay, or that makes you feminine, or that makes you not manly. And we all probably have had those friends who criticize us when we, you know, one day you're wearing a pink tie and they say, oh, what are you, faggot? What's with the pink tie? You know, after you've heard that a few times, you start to internalize that and say, the manly thing to do is to never be interested in fashion. But that is wrong. So you have to let go of those kinds of thoughts and you have to get that stuff out of your head. Um, You have to say, I'm a... a modern man who wants to look good. I'm going to take an interest in fashion from now on. Uh, even styles that I wouldn't wear myself, mm-hmm. I'm going to look at them and analyze them, try to see why they work for others. I'm going to try to understand why people choose the looks they look. I'm going to particularly try to understand people who put work into fashion and people who have fashion as a hobby or fashion as their profession. Uh, so that's all. that's all about opening your mind and getting into fashion and starting to open your eyes and look around at the different things people are wearing. 
uh, browsing maybe fashion uh, websites even and and just looking at what people are wearing on the internet, looking at what people are wearing to dance clubs. That's a, also a great indicator. Um, and once you're becoming fashion aware and open to growth, that is the first step. Um, now on to modeling for a moment. Um, fashion, the, one of the reasons it's so easy is because you don't actually have to be creative to have good fashion. You don't have to be original to have good fashion. In fact, if you're being original, that's pretty difficult and uh, dangerous to try to pull off, especially if you're a beginner. The best thing to do in the beginning is look for a fashion role model. It can be a friend of yours who gets a lot of girls. It can be a celebrity or a, an outfit you saw in a magazine. I recommend that people find their fashion role model and buy the same outfit and just wear that outfit for starters. One outfit, one fashion role model, just wear it. Um, and this is basically an exercise that allows you to get a taste of what it's like to put an outfit together, to wear something you would normally wear, mm -hmm. and something that other people already understand. You don't want to reinvent the wheel in fashion. You don't want to give some people something they've never seen before. You want to give these girls you're approaching something they've already seen, and they've already decided that they like it. Want to confuse them? So you know you had some uh, you had some good pointers there on how to choose uh, you know the role model because that that strikes me as pretty important. There you know you want to make sure you get the right person. Uh, so uh, one of those was you know obviously someone one of your friends who's doing well with with women. Um, so that gives you you know you've got some feedback there. However, I just want. One thing about that is, you know, sometimes you have, uh, you, you, you could have friends who like brag a lot about how well they do with women, uh, but maybe they aren't, you know, this is quite a usual scenario, actually. Uh, they're not actually doing that well with women. Uh, so how, how would you, you know, wh when I'm going about like trying to figure out, okay, this guy's doing well with women, is there any signs that you would say they have to make sure that are showing before they choose that guy? I would say you really got to choose someone that you trust, that you've known for a long time, and that you've seen the results in real life. Right. Uh, I, I actually encourage people to try to choose someone from the media, mm. uh, someone who is on television or in movies or in magazines, because that's really a lot more of a safe bet. Yeah. Those people have professional stylists, and they look good every time. Your, your advice on, on fashion is, is, is all pretty clear and you know, straightforward, and, that, and that's the way we like it here. So, uh, how long would you say, you know, you, you're going through this period of basically modeling someone. So it's kind of like, uh, training wheels, uh, until you start developing it, you know, as your, as your own skill. So I like, I like the way you talk about it. it's basically building a skill that you're going to have for life rather than just basically pulling some, some clothes off one time and have and having one, one, uh, one set of clothes you can go out with. Um, so it's something really you're developing. How long would you take? Say it takes someone if they're copying role model, um, how long would you would it, would it take before they can start experimenting a bit on their own and you know having a real feel for it? Good question. Um, I would say it depends how fast you're able to grow your comfort zone. Hmm. Uh, the faster you can grow your comfort zone, the more you'll be able to experiment. Uh, typically, what happens when I give fashion makeovers to mm -hmm. students of mine is. Um, I try to imagine a better version of them 
and then I, I put them in that outfit. And sometimes they embrace it immediately. And other times they say, I don't know about this. This is way out of my comfort zone. Um, and then we take it into the field and experiment. And once they see that it works, suddenly they become comfortable with it. Um, Great. So if you can, if you can be comfortable and enough to try three or four looks in, I don't know, maybe two months, you know, maybe you have one outfit in each look, you're going to get a great idea of what it takes, what people like, what they don't like, what girls are responding to. And by your third or fourth experiment, you'll probably be starting to get the hang of it. But like I said, you never really need to stop modeling because the idea isn't to create a new style. Um, that's for professional fashion people. All you need to do is copy a good style. That's basically the idea. If you can copy a, a good style every year for the next 20, 30 years, you will always have good stock. Totally. Now, let's talk about money. Is this going to cost people a lot of money? Like, do they have to, do they have to buy, you know, big brands, hundreds of dollars? Or, you know, is, is it something that you can do on, on a budget? What do you normally you, you can definitely do it on a budget. Okay. Uh, there are certain looks that you have to spend a lot of money on, but there are so many different options available that if you don't have the money for brand name clothes and expensive items, mm -hmm. you can choose um you can choose a look that is cheaper and it it can be great for sure. There's people who buy stuff at thrift thrift stores and it's five dollars for a shirt and five dollars for a pair of jeans and it can look really good, yeah. but you're only going to get certain looks with that, like uh. Right now here in the USA, there's like, uh, I don't know, there's like this grungy hipster look going on. Mm -hmm. You can buy those clothes used and they can really work for your look because a lot of that look is is in the hair. You know, if your hair is looking kind of dirty a certain way and you got some old clothes on and you got a beard, you know, and your pants are a little too tight, then you you pretty much got that look. Right. Um, um, but you wouldn't, you know, there's other looks that are really upscale, like suits, you, you really got to spend on them. Um, you know, um, certain items that you might wear to clubs, uh, high-end clubs want to see high-end clothes. Uh, so you can't do every look on a budget, but you can do a lot of looks on a budget. Right, right. And this is something I wanted, I wanted to go into is that you, you say that high-end high clubs, they're, they're looking for maybe a different look, right? Uh, and you'll have a different look to fit in. So... Does 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 like the outfit you're picking out depend on where you intend to meet women? Like if it's in a street day game or if it's in some types of clubs versus some higher ends of types of clubs. You know, would you say you know you have to kind of pick based on where where you're going to go and where you're going to hang out? Yes, absolutely. You wouldn't want to be, you know, have yourself pimped out for a high end club and just walking in the middle of a day game doing that. Um, it's not going to work as well. So yes, consider your your um, location and scout your location and see what people are wearing there and see what the best looking people look like there. That, 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 that you know that, that's great advice and very important, I think, because uh, some some of the advice uh, that you see around uh, the, the community is you know kind of, kind of simplistic and it's just like a, you know you should peacock and peacocking works all the time or, or some, something like that. Um, yeah, I don't know too much about that myself. Right about peacocking. Yeah, I I just never really learned it. I mean, I didn't give you much background about me, but 
I didn't learn any of my game from the seduction community. I learned it all from naturals and just going and experimenting. So I haven't really learned all of the techniques and terminology. And so people sometimes ask me about peacocking, and I I really (laughs) have very little understanding of what it even means. Right. Well, I you know the idea of peacocking, as invented by Mystery Eric von Markovich, is to uh, Markovic uh, is is basically to wear stuff which uh, people are going to notice. That that's pretty much um, that's pretty much it. So it's to it's, okay. it's just to wear something different, some standout standout things. And you know, there's a few other companies that. Uh, talk and, and uh, advise on, on peacock, peacocking, but not to such an extreme as uh, Mystery originally or it originated it. Well, if you do that strategically and it's it's relevant to the venue and it's has part, it's part of your pickup strategy, it, it, that sounds like something that could work. Mm. I mean, it, in the past, like, you know, my, my friends and I, uh, we think it's interesting to, it's I mean, we just did this naturally over the years, okay? So we'd get a present from... I travel a lot. I've traveled a lot for all my life, and I tend to have, uh, like, jewelry and, and things which have come from different places. Um, so, you know, a few presents from, you know, uh, people in different places, like a, like a necklace and so on. I've got a necklace. I have no idea why, but everyone notices it. Um, just, I guess, it looks a little bit unusual. So that's, that's really the kind of uh, peacocking that we think works. It's just... It's basically something interesting. It just shows you're, you know, a bit different, and hopefully, it's you know something about who you are. You know, it represents something about how you are different. You know, whatever you've been doing in life. It sounds fairly subtle to me. So, uh, you know, it sounds like it's not going to make or break you. No, nope. it's just an interesting thing to talk about. Basically, that's yeah. how we see it. Okay, so you know, I think we've done a really good. You know, overview of fashion and, and image there uh, be very helpful for the guys. Uh, the, the next topic I wanted to talk to you about was in a game. Uh, in a games, you know, I think there's there's lots of different ways people talk about in a game and and so, something I think that's interesting. I think that sometimes when people have been into the game for a while and practicing and they're not getting results, I think sometimes it's blamed on in a game. Uh, what's your take on the whole in a game thing? Well. You have to go in the field first and foremost. Um, you're not going to really save your game with inner game. Uh, if you're not going on the field, you could stay home and have great inner game, and girls are not going to come to your house. Um, but as long as you're not hiding from the field by studying inner game, then it can be effective. It can help a lot. And inner game is definitely a big factor for a lot of students. Uh, I, I fix inner game issues all the time that are stubborn and take months and months to fix. Uh, I, have a, I run a program in Los Angeles called Pickup Mansion, and people move into the, a house and study pickup for six months, 12 months. And a lot of times we work on inner game issues in Pickup Mansion because they can be stubborn and they can take a long time to fix. Um, but once you fix them, it can be a game changer because it unlocks your ability to learn it unlocks your ability to go in the field more. It unlocks your ability to feel good. And when you feel good, you pick up good. Mm-hmm. Is it, it, it sounds like you could, you know, the inner game issues you're talking about, you could almost break them down into a more specific issue, right? Because in any game, I, I think one of the problems of any game is that it's, it's, a, it's a generic concept 
and uh, it could mean lots of different things and, and many people may talk about it in different ways. So are there any specific issues you're thinking about like that you had to work on and you would have labeled them in a game? And is, is there a yeah. more specific way you can talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It is a vague topic um, and it really needs to broken, be broken down into more specifics. After nine years of teaching this stuff, I've been teaching for a long time, I've actually boiled it down to, I guess, probably about 16 or 18 areas that I've seen that are the most common problems. Uh, and I have a program for it called um, Secrets of Inner Game, where I actually go through each of these one by one, how to recognize them, how to beat them, what action steps you can take. Uh, so that's called Path to Inner Game, and it's on bradb.com. But um, I want I'll go through a few of those with you now. I don't, I, I don't have time to go through all of them, um, but we can certainly go through a few of them. Um, the first one that I've recognized in a lot of students is um, the tendency to create negative interpretations of things that happened in the field or things that happened in life. So anything that happens to you, you have a choice. You could interpret those positively, negatively, or in a neutral manner. Uh, and people who are really good at pickup tend to interpret things positively. Um, and I'm not saying you should be completely unrealistic and ignore the facts in front of you, but there are some things that are very hard to read, and you're not going to interpret every single thing right every single time. People who are good at pickup they generally accentuate the positive and the negative, they might recognize it, but they throw it away and they don't dwell on it. Mm -hmm. uh, so positivity, I guess, is, is one of the first things. Um, another factor that I see a lot is some people just beat themselves up and they kind of yell at themselves like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Damn it. Fuck. You know, and they're like cursing in their own head or even out loud in some cases. Right. And I see this at workshops and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give a student a minor correction uh, and he'll kind of get angry at himself. And I'll say, you know, you don't have to be angry about it. You know, you just will work on it and slowly you'll get better at it. Uh, you can't expect that you're going to be great at every part of the game right away. Uh, all these things take time. And I feel that when you make a mistake, you can recognize it, you can work on it, but don't be angry at yourself. Let yourself slide. Cut yourself some slack. Give yourself a break. Uh, the people who let themselves slide a little more, they do better in pickup. Because while the guy who's not picking up girls is in the corner being mad at himself, the guy who lets himself is on to the next two or three sets. It's a huge difference. You can turn your whole night around. Um, nice guy syndrome is a big one. Um, if you're not familiar with nice guy syndrome, you can kind of look that up. It's a huge problem with a lot of pickup guys. Neediness. Uh -huh. uh, uh, is a problem for a lot of people. Um, inability to assume leadership roles, being uncomfortable with leadership, that's an inner game issue. Um, the last one I'll probably address is, is what I call social freedom. Uh, this is an inner game issue where you believe that everybody around you is looking at you, and if you make mm -hmm. a mistake, they're going to realize it, and then they're going to think of you. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's called social anxiety. Um, when you're just anxious all the time because what people might think of you. Uh, the opposite of social anxiety is social freedom. And social freedom is something that can be built over time. 
and I actually have a, a series of exercises to build that uh, that people can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can or find it on my website. Uh, it's called 18 Degrees of Social Freedom. And if anybody wants that, just let me know. Um, right. And, you know, maybe another 10 areas of, that I won't get into now that people can get on Secrets of Inner Game. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a powerful thing if you fix your inner game and you're going in the field along with that. It can really improve results, and it can just make you feel a lot better, too. You just feel a lot better about life. How, how many, how, what percentage of your students would you say makes or breaks? There's one of these issues that's making or breaking their success. Um, I would say probably about half. Okay, good. Are there any signs they can look out for? I mean, you know, I think somebody's the nice thing about the way you've broken it down is it's pretty obvious. It should be pretty obvious to people if that's something they're doing. Um, so it's, it's pretty easy to identify. Um, right. Yeah, exactly. Rather than, you know, having the inner game, do I have an inner game problem or not? Uh, is, so, you know, I think pretty much immediately, um, is this something you, you would, you know, see immediately, literally the first week of starting to practice this stuff? No, it's, it's not always that simple. Okay. Uh, here's the way this works. And this is a little, this is a little nerdy coach, uh, topic here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, as you go in the field more and more, a lot of your issues will start to come to the surface that you've never even noticed before. So, for example, in Pickup Mansion, people come and they start going in the field all the time. And some of these people haven't been in the field very much at all before they came to Pickup Mansion. So about two months in, suddenly they have an anger problem. Or three months in, suddenly they have some low self-worth thing that surfaces. And the reason it happens is because pickup forces you to be your best self. And if you're not being your best self, girls will let you know that. The field will tell you that. It's like looking in a mirror. You can't deny what needs work when you're going in the field all the time. The field is the ultimate teacher. The field is the ultimate mirror. Um, And as you go in the field more and more, you'll start to realize what issues you have, what is making you uncomfortable. Um, I would say the biggest sign that you might have an inner game issue is if you just feel bad all the time. Mm-hmm. If you feel in the field, if you feel bad when you think about pickup, that might be uh, an early warning sign of an inner, inner game problem. Right, right. So sh- should you be enjoying it? I mean, you know, is that, are, there, are there people that enjoy this as soon as they get started in it? And, and well, that's a good sign? It, it depends how you look at it. Um, in my ex- coaching experience, I've noticed that most people think it's really hard in the beginning. They think they, you know, approaching women is hard and they have approach anxiety. And in my opinion, that's because of a lot of the reading they've done in the seduction community, things they've read on the internet, makes it sound like this is going to be a breeze. So, so they get into pickup thinking, this is going to be easy, and it's not. It's hard. Um, so if you look at it that way, you're not going to feel good. And I think that's what the root cause of this is. Um, on the other hand, if you started out like me with less expectations, I was having a ton of fun when I first got started because I didn't have any books. I didn't have any coaches. I didn't have any teachers. I just had this idea that I was going to go out and hit on girls every day. And as I started to realize that there was a method to it, I was so happy because I was, I realized this is something you can learn. This is something you, you can work on. You can get good at this. You can master it like, like you master martial arts or skiing or playing an instrument. 
that is what was fun for me. Just believing that it's possible to improve makes the whole thing fun. Totally, totally. Uh, An interesting thing you just uh, touched on there was that, you know, people are facing a mirror of feedback and that's what brings these, when they go out into the field and they get responses from girls, that's, you know, that's direct feedback that they haven't had before. So I was just thinking, basically, that these guys have probably have avoided that type of feedback uh, not not just when it comes to girls, but also in other social areas of their life to to that date, and that's why these internal issues, these inner issues, come out at, at this stage because it it could be the first time that you're facing these in your in your whole life, and in a way you've somehow avoided or actively or maybe subconsciously avoided these types of feedback in in the past. What would you say about that? Uh, yep, that's possible. A lot of people get negative feedback and they ignore it because it's too painful, mm-hmm. uh, to take seriously and pickup makes you start to start to take everything seriously and pay attention because you start to believe that you can fix things. Yeah. Uh, so it makes it a lot less painful to get that negative feedback. We work hard to make Dating Skills Podcast the most effective training program for social, dating, and relationship skills possible. If you like what we do, please take a moment out right now to rate and write a review for the podcast on iTunes. It makes a huge difference to our rankings on iTunes, and your feedback motivates us to work even harder to get you the knowledge you need. I'm a great believer in you know learning the stuff, learning learning pickup uh, can actually propel your whole life forward because of you know the, the process you're talking about, getting feedback, understanding internal issues, getting over those, getting more feedback as you get to the next level, and you know you can apply these skills in you know every part of your life afterwards. Is that, is that something you'd agree with? Yeah, it's changed my life, and I've seen it change so many people's lives. Uh, students of mine, guys who've studied with other coaches and guys who have read books on it. It's the, it's the greatest self-help activity a person can do. I can get more results from my student than any other kind of motivational speaker. I can change lives better and faster than Tony Robbins. Right. The reason why is because I, as a self-help expert, I have a better uh, incentive for my students than any other kind of self-help coach if you study with me and you do all your work and you work on your game you're going to get pussy that's really motivating tony robbins can't guarantee anybody pussy if they work on what he says to work on totally so if you're stuff yeah sorry tony um (laughs) so if you're studying pickup you are part of the greatest self-help movement in the history of the world and you should be happy about that and you should be proud of that every day that you're part of it yeah yeah i think you know, I think that's a major reason. Of course, we're all all driven by our sexuality to a, to a large extent. Uh, and then there's the, the fact that you're getting a lot more feedback. You know, uh, it doesn't take long to do a hundred approaches, and you're you're getting you know feedback a hundred times. Which, in if you look at any other area of self development, uh, I don't think that could be said. It's you know it's it's a lot more complicated to get direct feedback. You know, um, if if you're if you're trying to improve your social skills fine you can go out but you know it's not quite as uh, blatant the feedback getting turned down or accepted by a girl that's right yeah you you can't ignore what's happening it's either happening or it's not uh 
pickup makes it really obvious. Yeah, yeah. Great learning tool for everything in life. All right, so uh, the final area I wanted to go over with you is uh, you've got a couple. Uh, we want to talk about learning, how to learn efficiently, how you know how you should learn, and and ways that you know can, you can kind of sabotage your learning curve and, and make it take a lot longer. Uh, and you know, you and your company, you've you've brought out a couple of reports talking about this topic. Topic they're called the Forbidden Truth reports, uh, one and two, two thousand and nine and two thousand and eleven. Uh, could you give me a, like a quick synopsis what are, what are those two reports about yeah sure uh, these reports are a result of me being in the field many many years uh, and some of it is just my observation and some of it is actually statistical scientific evidence um, and basically the theory on this is that everybody's sitting home reading nobody's going in the field and reading fucks you up it makes you move backwards whereas going in the field makes you move forwards so everybody who's listening to this, if they could stick to one simple rule, their game will move forward. For every one hour you spend reading, you should spend two hours in the field. I'm not saying you should completely quit reading. I'm just saying you should do more time in the field than you do reading, studying, listening to DVDs, or anything like that. Um, and that's the basic crux of the report. There's a lot of supporting evidence in there, and you can see how I reached this conclusion, and you can statistical evidence um, that goes along with this, but this theory that you should be in the field more than you're studying has been tested for the last five years. I've been running a program called the 3030 club and we make everybody who joins, uh, we make them pledge to approach 30 women every 30 days. And that's an attainable goal. It's very doable and everybody does it, but it makes such a difference because you actually have real field experience to go along with the things that you're studying. That's the combination study a little bit and do a lot of work in the field that's how it's done and that's what we do it in 3030 club and that's why the 3030 club guys are getting laid way more than on the guys on any other forum on the internet we analyzed every forum on the internet and tried to figure out how many lay reports they're posting um, per active member and you can actually read the statistics on which forums have people getting laid the most in the forbidden truth too if you're interested in that yeah. So, you know, that, that was an interesting thing to do. And although, you know, it's, it's really impossible to get true stats on this kind of thing, there's all sorts of right. biases involved. Um, it's, sure. not, it's not a bad proxy to, you know, go around all the forums. It's probably, it's, you know, it's probably one of the best things we could do uh, is just go around the forums and, and see, you know, how many, how many people have, have done reports on actually getting laid or not. And uh, I thought the interesting thing about that second report, which was the, you know, the one where you do the survey of the forums is that there's there's free forums uh, who have got you know over 10 percent uh, in terms of you know active members who are actually getting laid and a lot well of the, the free other... are all under 10 percent no I've... let me bring this up to make sure i'm getting it yeah there's no free forums that are over like no, 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 so i didn't mean free forums i meant three in terms of one two three oh Oh, well, three. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's three forums that are getting. Uh, let me just bring this up. up. Right, over ten, oh. uh, over te over ten percent, and all yeah. the other ones, which also happen to be free forums, as in like not paid. Uh, you just go in and right. you access, are getting much lower uh, percentages of, of of getting laid. So. 
that's an, that's an interesting yeah. thing. What do you think's behind that? It's paid forums versus free forums. What, what, what do you think drives that difference? Well, I've asked myself that question many times, and you know, I don't think anyone can give a definitive answer on something like that. Um, it could have something to do with the fact that, hey, people who pay are more serious, so they're going to try harder, so they're going to get laid more. You know, that's one theory. Mm -hmm. um, another theory is, hey, if you're on a paid forum, you're around more serious people, so you're going to get better ideas. Um, another thing to keep in mind is, hey, paid forums have coaches who are professional coaches. Um, for example, my, in my 3030 club, nobody is allowed to give advice unless they are already getting laid. Mm -hmm. So my main theory on this is that bad advice is lethal. It will kill your game if you, because that's really all you have to go on, the advice that you're getting. So if you get bad advice, you're done. Your game's never going to get good. Yeah, you will, you will walk in, in the opposite direction you have to and you will get extremely frustrated. You will start sabotaging, sabotaging somebody in a game issues we were talking about before right. and actually making your situ situation a lot worse. Um, and you know, basically the, the willpower and the positive energy you're bringing to it will, will steadily get sucked and so your ability to do well in this will, will go down rather than up. Right, right, exactly. So, so my main theory on this is that the people on the free forums are mostly keyboard jockeys who don't get laid and they're just passing around the same bad advice over and over and over again. Is there some good advice on there? Yeah, there probably is. Uh, but mostly it's guys who aren't getting laid, um, even if they're misapplying good advice, that'll move people backwards. Bad advice moves you backwards. Good advice that's timed wrong moves you backwards. So, for example, if a guy's having approach anxiety and you teach him uh, Neil Strauss's uh, dual induction massage to get threesomes and he goes out and tries that, that's bad advice. I mean, that's obviously a very exaggerated example, but I just want you to see what I mean. Yep. Um, so, my theory is that you have to purge your brain of all bad advice. And all forums should strive to create an intellectual atmosphere that is 100% purified. And bad advice is not allowed to enter the environment. And that's what I've tried to do on the 3030 Club. And I think that's why people are getting the most. Because the intellectual environment is what makes or breaks you. Bad advice, your game's fucked. Five years later, you still won't be getting laid. But if you get good advice... You'll be getting laid a few months in in most cases. And that's what's going to make or break your game. So that's my theory on why people are getting laid more in paid forums because the advice is better. And there's no good, there's no bad advice getting circulated around. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you that that's, you know, one of the biggest sabotaging factors is bad advice introducing noise into the equation. Um, it's and so you can literally, you, I think you could literally look at people who get better and how long it takes them um and if they make it at all and you could look at how much rather than looking at how much good advice they consume look at how much bad advice what the proportion of bad advice that they've been consuming or the you know just low quality maybe it's not bad advice like you say it could be good advice wrong timing so it's just low quality in general and it's not yeah. concentrated and it's not focused um and and i think you would you know if we could do that study i think you know that that would really really show that it, it, this this bad advice or low quality advice actually corrupts you and 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 it prevents you from learning learning properly 
Um, and I think we can say that about every area of, of life. If you've you know been to school and you've studied things, and and uh, you know, and uh, we all know how much the internet and information overload can can be confusing. And you know, if an, an interesting analogy I think is diets today. Um, there's there's you know there's thousands of diets out there today, and most people are just so confused. Um, and unable to make progress in that area. And, you know, over 60% of Americans are, are classified as obese today. And I think a lot of that is down to information overload and confusion because there's so much different random advice out there and um, people just can't cope with it. They don't know where to go. Um, so, you know, just an analogy to throw out there. I want to I wanna push, push back a I'm little really bit. Glad to hear you. I'm really glad to hear you say that. Because I feel like before I pointed out this information overload in 2009, nobody ever talked about it. It was just read as much as you can, buy every DVD, and that was all people wanted to do. And now that information overload is a topic that has been brought into this discussion, I think it's helping everybody, whether they study with me or not. They're being helped that they've actually heard that term. Yeah, yeah. Well, So thanks for saying that. Oh, that's, that's great. I mean, uh, the way I when, when I'm studying anything, uh, I... I actually study the people I'm learning from first to make sure that they're the real deal and uh, I'm going to get good information from them. And because the, inf the source of information is, is probably more important these days than the, in the information. It's kind of like you have to do your due diligence on where you're getting that information from first. That's the way I see it. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Right. So, you know, on the paid forum thing, I, I wanted to push back a little bit on you. Uh, sure. There's, there's, I think there's a notion of privacy. You know, the paid forums are, are private by nature, so you don't have the public. And I think, particularly when it comes to lay reports, um, I, th I think you know a guy doesn't really want to public, you know, post uh, a lay report, even if it's not associated with his real name, because a lot of people use you know, al aliases when they're posting these forums. Forums, they want they don't want to post something that's public. So you know, a counterfactor to that might be that in the free forums, you know, a lot of people just aren't posting their lay reports. Um, that's possible. That could certainly be a factor. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I think the other thing about the paid forums is that, uh, by paying for it, you introduce stakes, right? Now, now we're actually paying for it. Um, and so there's accountability for it. And whenever people pay for stuff there, you know, I think there's a lot of studies, uh, that when, when you have money behind it, when you invest more investment behind it, if it's money or effort, but in this case, it's money, that you're going to do more about it. And you know, personally, I'm a member of other paid forums, not like dating, but other areas uh, on the internet. Yeah. And I see the, 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 you know, the motivation levels um, and the quality of information uh, in, in those places. I wouldn't say it's a hundred percent perfect information all the time, but it's definitely hundreds of times better than uh, the free forums on the same subject. And which is why I don't spend any time on free forums these days. I spend, if any time in a, in a paid forums. Um, yep. Yep. Make, putting some money into it definitely makes you work harder. That's for sure. Actually, the more money you put into it, the better results you get. I've noticed that in my own coaching. Mm -hmm. uh, when I started coaching, um, like I said, I wasn't part of the seduction community. I was just out there on my own doing it. I didn't know other people really were doing it. Yep. So I used to do my seminar. It was very informal. It was in the uh, it was in the top floor of a pizza place, and I'd buy some pizza and beer, and people would come in and just eat pizza, and I'd talk off the top of my head about how to pick up girls. And But I was good already, and I knew how to teach, and I was picking up a lot of girls myself. 
and people would pay 40 bucks for the seminar. Mm. It was, people did not put in that much effort um, and use what they learned. They had their pizza and their beer, and they, they hit the road. You know, there's some people getting laid, but it wasn't like it is now. As my seminar costs started going up um, into the thousands of dollars, you know, and we were doing shops and stuff in the field and more intense programs, people's, people's effort that they put in went up as the money went up. It was the right. strangest. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there is some selection bias there uh, as well, I think. You know, uh, someone who's willing to pay more is probably a lot more motivated uh, as well. So it, it is, you know, there's, there's that kind of confounding factor there. But for sure, you know, yeah. there's the correlation. If you spend more, then you're, you're much more likely to get the results. Yeah. I mean, some people... Some people would pay 40 bucks for their seminar and it was like their last 40 bucks. And so they were, they would work hard at it. Mm, yeah. And the people who didn't value the 40 bucks because they had, you know, making a hundred grand a year, they didn't tend to work as hard. So it's also what that money means to you. you totally. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I would say that. Yeah. That's, that's great. Okay, man. I think, I think we've done a good tour of, uh, that, that subject. Now, uh, we asked the same question to everyone who comes on the show. Uh, if you if you know if you wanted a student to get as good as he could as quickly as possible uh, with women, what are the top three things you would advise him to do? He's starting from zero. Okay, um, I would say you need to be in a structured learning environment. You can't just be wandering around the internet and just reading free emails and posting on free forums. If you do that, you're a dabbler. You're dabbling in this. You're not serious about this. You're dipping your toe in the water. And you're not going to get good that way. So I would say pick some kind of structured learning environment. And if you have to pay a little money every month, pay it. Because the structure is going to help you. Because that is what's going to prevent you from just blowing in the wind and taking any bad advice that comes your way or taking good advice that's poorly timed. Um, that would be the first thing I would recommend. I have the 3030 club. A few other people have structured learning environments. 3030 club is, is like a college course in seduction and we keep it structured. You can, you come in, you do everything you're supposed to do and you know when to do it. So there's no guesswork. There's no, what should I work on now? There's mm -hmm. none of that. And that makes a huge difference. Um, and there's other programs online as well. Uh, the second thing I would say is even if you're not going to get into a structured learning environment, Pick one method and stick to that method. These methods don't necessarily work that well if you mix them with a whole bunch of other stuff. Can it work? Yeah, it could work because you are out in the field and that's going to make you learn no matter what you're studying. Uh, but when you're mixing stuff together, you're, you're going to confuse yourself. And students confusing themselves, that's what slows it down. You'll still learn if you're confused because you're in the field. But it will take you a lot longer than if you were focused on one method. So pick one coach, pick one teacher, study his method, give it a year before you say, oh, I don't know if this is working. You know, I've seen a lot of guys like float around method to method and they're like, I don't know if it's working. But they haven't even given it an honest shot. You know, um, they just want to quit after three months and, and three months of any method probably won't get you that far. This stuff takes a long time to learn. Uh, so that would be number two. Um, let's see, you wanted three, right? 
Yeah. Third one would probably be if you really want to get if you really want to do this, you have to be serious. You have to commit to it. Um, and the best way to commit is to just go somewhere, see it live, learn from a pro, take a training, take a workshop. It will change so many of your perceptions. When you come into this stuff and you read about it and you watch the DVDs, you form a perception that's that's way better than you had before, but it's not totally realistic yet. Until you've had a professional diagnose what's going wrong with you and until you've seen people do pick up correctly, you're not going to really know what it looks like and what you're supposed to do with it. So pull the trigger, take a training with somebody, and get serious about this. Don't dick around and question it and be like, I don't know if I should, or I don't know, that's a lot of money. Oh, I don't know if this guy knows what he's talking about. Everybody's got refund policies. If it sucks, just get a refund. It's easy to do, but pull the trigger, take a workshop, get serious. Great, man. This is a good roundup, good roundup of advice there. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. It's been a great talk, and uh, I think it's going to be very helpful for the guys on our podcast. Great. Thanks so much. It was a really cool interview. I think you have some really good thoughts, and you're you've got a great handle on all this stuff. So I'm just happy to see that somebody like you who has a good handle on this is out there doing these reviews because um, reviews are important. You know, everybody's going to say their stuff's the best in the marketing, um, and we need an impartial person like you to help newbies sort that stuff out. So thanks so much for doing what you do, and thanks for having me on today. Great, Pat. Uh, thanks again. Ciao. All right. Have a good one. Bye-bye. To get more information on today's guest, including their profile, background, company information and ratings, and of course, all their products and their reviews, go to datingskillsreview.com slash datingskillspodcast and select the relevant episode. You'll find all the information there. Do you have questions about dating, pickup, women, sex, or relationships? Get them answered by us and our guests on the podcast by sending them to ask at datingskillsreview.com by email. That's A-S-K at datingskillsreview.com. Your info is kept anonymous and you'll get some rock-solid personal advice for free on the podcast. Speaking of free high-quality advice, have you got the Fast Track Manual and DSR Dating Gold yet? These are high-quality freebies we've prepared for you to get you started. The Fast Track Manual gives you a step-by-step -step process to use to learn to get good with women as fast as possible. Readers say it's flawless. DSR Dating Gold is a daily email with one piece of golden, highest quality advice taken from the hundreds of products we've reviewed. Get both of these by going to www.datingskillsreview.com slash Fast track. That's F A S T T R A C K. And accelerate that learning curve so you can get good in months, not years. Dating Skills Podcast is brought to you by Dating Skills Review. Dating Skills Review is the Amazon.com of dating advice for men. If it exists, we have it. We help you find the best advice fast so you can get good with women in months, not years. Learn more at www.datingskillsreview.com.